Hey guys, it's Biz. I'm with Alexi and Sam. And if my voice is sounding trembling and nervous, it's because we haven't recorded in a long time. Um, this is our first episode back in about a month. So thanks for staying tuned if you did. It's all my fault, actually, that we took a pause because I was attending to business in Latin America and finally made it back here. But we're really excited to be back. <laughs> Yeah, what did I do during our hiatus? I kindly tended to a syphilis patient in the countryside. And also I saw the movie Old, which I would recommend to everyone, where they go to the beach that turns you old. Oh, that one? Oh, I've yeah, been wondering. Why there's so that. much like Benjamin Button timeline discourse? Is that Yeah, probably. I heard a lot of Yeah, there's just like an aging crisis cuz people lost a year after after the pandemic. No, there were some lines in that movie that were so corny, like the teenagers that were once children were like we didn't have a prom or the graduation. I'm like, are you kidding? This is so like COVID heavy. Oh, handled. it's like COVID bait. Yeah. yeah. Just one year. But I'm like, weren't you like a six year old two hours ago? Like, I don't get why <laughs> these ideas of going to prom were preloaded into your head. You turn 16 and like, all you can think about is how you didn't go to prom. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. Um, Sam, what were you doing during the great NIMFA alumni hiatus of um, <laughs> July 2021? Um, I was holed up in like an Iranian goat mansion um, taking care of my good friend Pearl because she needed me to chauffeur her across state lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds pretty similar to what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of state lines involved. Yeah, yeah. That makes it sound like I was literally like having sex with a minor. Like, <laughs> 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 this is like that MIA song, Borders. What's up with that? Do you guys remember that? No. Um, is that a globalism track? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nice. Well, we're back today to talk about a new trend that's taking the world by storm. By the world, we mean like pretty niche section of like teenage girls on the internet that I think we can describe as vampire girlfriend style. It's very grounded in 2008-2009 trends and the icons of it are Elena Gilbert, the protagonist from The Vampire Diaries on the CW, and Bella Swan from Twilight, who's arguably more iconic. We're seeing a resurgence of brunette, unremarkable protagonist fashion. So this is what I want to describe what the staples of that are. Oh, sorry. I was distracted because I was trying to look for the name of the girl who suggested this because this was suggested by a very nice listener. Her name is Sarah. Okay, Sarah Y. Sarah Y. So thanks for the suggestion. It really made us excited and we got it. It's great. Yeah, because we had been talking about this, but we didn't really know if anyone else like, cared or if we were just on this really niche side of TikTok, but it does seem like pretty... It's spreading pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so I guess some of the defining silhouettes and items in this style are... It's really just the low-rise jeans, long-sleeve shirt combo. So we're pretty used to seeing low-rise jeans in youth culture right now because of the Y2K revival, but this style is a little bit different because girls are wearing low-rise Kind of like bootcut jeans, not that different than the Y2K style ones, but they're pairing them with like always long sleeve t-shirts or some sort of like modest top on top. Um, So midriffs are like not very common in this style. And then as far as the color palettes, lots of earth tones, lots of neutrals, navies, kind of like there is a haze over everything. 
Yeah. yeah, it's not even like jewel tones. It's jewel tones with the saturation turned down. So mm. it's almost like a it's not a sepia tone, but there is kind yeah. of some sepia influences. The, the main color that comes to mind is that dusty lavender gray kind Ooh, of. Ooh, yeah. Um, mm, I think it's like navy. it's like a fall palette, which is like kind of interesting because it's July and it just sort of like caught wind now. I think it's people that are just like really tired of hot girl summer and they're making a fall style trend. It's also the brunette response to like blonde bimbo culture, which is so overplayed at this point. And I can kind of see how there's like an exhaustion with the decadence of bimboism and hot girl summer. And having your body constantly on display. Yeah. Something notable about this style is... While a lot of the garments are kind of figure hugging, none of them are revealing. That's yeah, true. And I think there's something to be said that like younger Gen Z girls are really into this because I think we saw the projection of younger Gen Z girls attaching to MILFs, you know, in this super bimbo kind of way. But now it's turned in a quieter sense to like the mysterious older sister kind of Very archetype. Much, yeah. Like the cool older girl that you imagined you were going to be when you grow up. Um, yeah, there's like the tomboy influence that was missing in the bimbo and MILF thing. Or even the like um, I'm baby thing as well. Even though there's some passivity in this style, it's not in the same it, way. It's more like this like romanticized fantasy of being swooped up by someone that's going to take control of your life and like make it exciting. Speaking of like Twilight, which is written by Stephanie Myers, who was at the time like a housewife and she was writing like basically what, what was a fanfic of like a weird dream that she had. Everyone has kind of heard of it, um, but if you've read it, it's extremely Wattpad style. You know, like her like housewife vibes were like really communicating through this, the narrative with like this like extremely dominant vampire guy that's coming to rescue the like demure Bella Swan or whatever. Who doesn't know she's beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing. And she's like the whole time confused about why he likes her, but it can't be stopped. It's very driven by fate and other like corny romance concepts. It's kind of interesting because I feel like before Twilight, I mean, I wasn't, like, alive for that long, but I feel like before Twilight, romance novels were kind of for, like, older women. Mm-hmm. It was more mm-hmm. of a housewife thing. and so Or again, they were kind of, they were stuck inside of typical YA books, I think, the, yeah. the romance narrative was. Yeah, I just, maybe one of our older listeners can tell us this, but was there a similar teen romance craze before yeah, that? Yeah, there was Meg Cabot. Do y'all remember Meg Cabot? She... Oh, yeah, but that was so, like, wholesome. It was, yeah. They're, like, the kind of books that have, like, flip-flops on the cover or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What was you guys' experience with Twilight when it first came out? I can't even describe to you how obsessed I was with this book. I was 13. I had just hit puberty. We had just gotten cable. I was, like, experiencing all of this media in my life. I read Twilight, and it was just horrific. I, like, convinced my mom that it was cool because it's not necessarily a explicit novel because it, it is written by, like, um, Stephanie Myers, who's currently Mormon, and she made it really Mormon. It's, like, super repressed, and, like, it just alludes to some really explicit things, but never actually addresses them, which is also goes back to, like, Hot Girl Summer and being really bimbo-fied. Twilight is erotic in the opposite sense, the, like, edging of that entire book. It was horrible, <laughs> but, yeah, I was at the midnight premiere and stuff. It was, I was obsessed with it. I went to some of the midnight premieres. I feel like I was at an age, like, when the first one came out, I was eight. And it was kind of controversial if kids were allowed to read it. Mm -hmm. Because on one hand, remember teachers at my school were like excited that there was a literary craze, you know, like at least the kids are reading. But they were also like, what's actually the content of this? Like, it seems a little steamy or like emotionally intense. But I was really obsessed with it. I think 
fifth grade was when I got really into it. So I was like nine or ten. You were so young in fifth grade. I know, it was because I skipped a grade. But I was like very Team Edward and I wore this zip up hoodie that said I love vampires on it and like a really it was so lame because it was like in an I love New York kind of way no like, that sounds so with, cute like, a red heart. so it's like yeah but I also bought um some of the props I remember I had Alice's choker and I would really wear that <gasps> Girl, damn that's, that's so such cool. a that's such a grail in this day and age I yeah. know I have it at home I should try to like sell it to like one of these girls yeah you should hawk it for like a hundred or two hundred dollars or something on like ebay um, yeah, for sure. Okay. I was just going to share my experience as one of the children that wasn't allowed to read Twilight, as Lexi alluded to. The Satanic Panic lasted so long in the South. All of the cult classic books, like Harry Potter and Twilight, I was like forbidden from reading because of their potential like devil influence or something or supernatural influence, uh, which just made it seem even more horny and enticing to me as a kid. I think because I literally was like, it was literally like, forbidden to me, but. I wish I was one of you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, did you watch the Vampire Diaries? That's the other. Yeah, the Vampire Diaries I watched in like high school. Yeah, the Vampire Diaries is the other piece of media that's really influential in this vampire girlfriend style movement happening right now. And uh, the Vampire Diaries is, I guess, it's pretty much the same thing. It's a love triangle, unremarkable brunette. I can't tell you what the actual difference would be between the two, except I guess there's like more. I feel like Nina Dobrev is actually hot. I would say Nina, <laughs> or she's like understandably hot. Yeah, I would say Nina Dobrev is like the ultimate hot girl for guys. Which yeah, yeah. I think Kristen Stewart was a little more. The word that comes to mind is like high fashion, but I know that's not actually the word I'm looking for. This is literally the trend on TikTok. That's like woman written by men. That seems important to this though, because yeah, why are bitches interested in like literary archetypes right now? Yeah, that's true. Digital media exhaustion, hopefully. There is like book talk and stuff. Yeah, I remember hating Bella Swan so much. I like really just she like didn't her, know yeah. what she had. I was very also very team Edward and she was like very back and forth like Jacob Edward yeah. like oh what are my decisions and this and it's like yeah like she's very indecisive which is why she needed this like 109 year old vampire man to come and like sweep her off her feet. Yeah that was a point I really wanted to talk about. I feel like these authors are kind of preying on tween girls paralyzing fear of having to enter the sexual marketplace when you grow up because in an ideal world these hot strangers would whisk into your life and just become obsessed with you without even like talking to you and I feel like all of the prevailing emotions of being a really young teenager or adolescence like passivity and confusion and hopelessness and like being introverted and really awkward they're personified in these types of characters and I don't know for me it represents a time when being not like other girls there was no irony to that you were simply just not like other girls <laughs> i feel like now that's like so corny and seen as like, an anti-feminist thing like being like other girls is cool bella was also like a popular loner like she shows up at this school everyone wants to be her friend for no reason even though she's like so fucking weird um it's truly like a teen fantasy in a lot yeah. of ways no and then it you know i think there's like a very specific type of not like other girls that bella swan is it gives like only child vibes of you have a very like lush inner world because you're used to like entertaining yourself but also you like to be the center of attention without making it known that you like to be the center of i attention, love when you know, people say lush like, inner world 
And like that, you know, all mm-hmm. of these heroines always are like reading books. Uh, Bella is like obsessed with, with Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Like she could quote it off the cuff, you know, and, and Edward's like, wow, you're so different. Yeah. Like oh. you like Shakespeare. Like it's like. <laughs> yeah, they're literally I'm reading not. it in school. It's like she's just doing the homework. She like gets like... out the textbook and he's like, fuck, why do you have that book? <laughs> like, where did you get that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like the style I think it does communicate it's extremely flattering I think for everybody as you mentioned how like you put on all these layers and it really is body contour like it's like soft sphinx energy it literally is yeah a big a big part of the style is obviously layering tank tops and shirts I don't know if that happened that much on screen with Elena Gilbert of the Vampire Diaries and Bella Swan of Twilight did it I think Bella would wear the like long sleeve t-shirt short sleeve t-shirt over it yeah mm-hmm. yeah something I've been thinking a lot about in relation to that is um Y2K style is like a very Gen Z driven fashion trend as is vampire girlfriend style but I think one of the main differences is that Y2K style peaked during the pandemic and I think it was the first time a lot of these teenagers were really going hard on fashion. They were wearing all these things that are just like really skimpy and revealing. And I don't think they had really worn them like to school before, outside before, because everyone was on Zoom school and you were basically confined to your lush inner world. Um, (laughs) I think there was some sort of realization that going in public or going anywhere, wearing like a tiny Y2K thought fit sometimes complicates your life, even if it shouldn't. Mm. And once you're like, you're already adjusting to getting social attention again for the first time in like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this type of style is so much more wearable than that. Like you can wear it around your parents. You can wear it around your school principal. Where else would they wear it? I don't know. To the mall. (laughs) To your vampire boyfriend's house. Yeah, Yeah, to your vampire boyfriend's house. Dinner with his vampire parents. This is like the only wearable... trend to emerge in a while yeah it's true i'm sorry this just reminds me i was having a wild night on the lower east side honestly that area has gotten a little bit chuggy if i may say i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) i I was walking around and i saw this group of girls like in line outside of a club and they all seemed like kind of older gen z like millennial cuspies they were all wearing some variation of like the two-piece set which has like such a chokehold on women these days but the, each of them had a different body type this two-piece set just looks so bad on all of them and it's like they all just thought it was like the default like crop top and then like super high waisted something but it's like i wish you guys realized there were other options mm-hmm. like you can actually hide your midriff away and the world will be fine well yeah i think that type of fashion is very much about proving every single part of your body is hot versus this fashion is like yeah oh she has nice collarbones <laughs> and that's the only thing you know yeah, about her just proves that yeah. that style is like not wearable in real life it looks very good in, like a mirror pick or something yeah. if you're like posing but i think this is so inclusive and it's also so sustainable because this is the clothes that are like all over thrift stores no one wanted three yeah. months ago like this is a thrift store refuse yeah <laughs> I think also like the return of real life in order to like style yourself I think you need to be like extrovert I feel like you need to be around other people and see what other people are wearing for an extended period of time to actually start styling yourself instead of wearing like exactly what you saw online and I feel like this is a more wearable version of more fantasy driven trends that came about like during COVID like cottage core and like Mm -hmm. fairy core because those like are so costumey but I feel like this interprets elements of that like the little bit of lace and like the color palette and that whole earth tone scheme and just channels it through normal clothes (laughs) like a tank top and jeans 
which is really great. But I'd really like to talk about the accessories that go along with this because a lot of girls on TikTok, when they're making these styling videos, they without fail will include wired headphones, <laughs> which like cracks me up because it really is just such like a not like other girls thing to be listening to music. I don't know. It just like implies that you don't have friends or something. I, don't I think know. that listening to music also like does your face work for you like it makes you look thoughtful and like you're daydreaming without you actually having to be thoughtful or daydreaming yeah that is such a common trope in these movies is listening to music and that being a tell of being deep it's like um exactly i think it's it's literally like they're stuck in their lush inner world and they like don't want anyone to take dancing to the music in my head um Mm -hmm. what is it that's like the t-shirt from high school musical (laughs) Yeah, totally. yeah it totally is and then the other accessory that's always there is like a sentimental or like family heirloom piece of jewelry that screams i'm not wearing jewelry like you other girls more than that like it means something and i'm always gonna wear it which is just a very character driven thing also it's a it's a denial of fashion yeah but to be fair i do have one necklace that i always wear so. same. Yeah, same i had to <laughs> i had to take it off the other day i like ripped my hair out because it had been in there so long oh my god yeah, mine has a little charm of, like, a solid gold mango that's, like, really small. Oh, that's so cute. I have my mm-hmm. gold cross that I wear. I, I shower with it and stuff. Yeah, same. Um, but that's also, like, self-pathologizing. You're like, my mother gave me this, like, and it was my grandmother's, too. And it's just, like, creating this whole mythology for yourself, this, like, narrative. This is also a trope in, like, gothic literature. I just got done reading Northanger Abbey by Jane Austen. The main character is very much like a Bella Swan prototype because she's really obsessed with gothic novels, which are literally just smut. Like, she's reading, like, a lot of smutty, like, sexy books, and she ends up self-mythologizing so much that she, like, ruins a lot of relationships because she, like, acts out all of her little fantasies. It is a gothic trope of not like other girls girl that likes to create these complicated narratives and posit herself as a romantic heroine even just like in the way that people study the female gothic is always presented as a metaphor for like domesticity trapping women like the region i think it was the same that's this one of the driving forces that led the dark academia trend of probably like 28 to 20 at this point was yeah rejection of modern life so to speak but like Lexi said, it's kind of like all of these old-fashioned influences, like cottagecore and fairycore, I guess more fantasy influences, but channeled through something like extremely wearable and toned down, which I think is so cool. I think that's like really smart, even though if they don't know that they're doing that. It's cool that like you can, we were talking about how we can still see it just anywhere, like just people still wear this style and people should start dressing normal again. You know, it's like so easy and it looks better more flattering Let's to you. Let's talk about the converse yeah. in that in that vein because that was the really essential part of all of the wardrobes for the female protagonists and vampire media of this time period was they always wore converse. It was like their signature thing. And I guess they were a quirked up shoe back then. How did they yeah. live so many lives, converse? Because they were simultaneously like four popular kids but then also quirked up. Yeah. Um I think it was a sweet spot, honestly, because I remember the popular girls wearing ballet flats and, like, being very, uh, like, feminine and, and almost Y2K-E influence, but not totally. They would wear Abercrombie always. Like, I remember people also wanting to differentiate themselves by, like, writing song lyrics on their Converse. I did that. And that's a very Bella Swan. Yeah, I, I wrote, like, Twilight-related shit on my Converse when I was, like, a kid. Oh, 
I wish you still had those. Yeah, I, did, I wish I did too. Yeah. I looked at my Twilight books when I was at home and I like wrote all this really cool stuff on the inside. Like, Alexi will always be Team Edward. Like, remember this moment. I'm like, bro. I was just so cringe. Yeah, like I was so into it. I don't know what was wrong with me. But I just remember being really confused because my sister was into it. And so I thought it was lame and stupid because she was popular. And then whenever I actually read it, I was like, she doesn't get it. Like her and all her friends are only into it for the hot guys. But like, they don't relate to Bella. <laughs> like, So I don't know. It's universal appeal. So I guess it's the same as Converse. Bella's like so like normal also. Yeah. I think a lot of this style is that it's like the sweet spot between normal and alternative. So it's like wearing clothes that are really basic in their silhouette or material, but then like the color palette and the layering are just edgy enough. And it's like showing how this emo versus basic dichotomy was really working in the 2000s. I guess Converse punk kids would wear them or something. Alexi, talk about sweater paws, please. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. This is also something we really noted. I think the elongation of these garments, like a long sleeve shirt and the skinny jeans, they create this excess of fabric at your appendages and it makes you so quirked out because you can just pull your sleeves over your hands and like just gaze out of the window with your wired headphones and do some cute things like the leg warmer like scrunches at this ankles <laughs> yeah i just think it's adorable and it makes me so happy like just thinking about the combination of the ends of skinny jeans and then the low-rise converse like it's just so ugly <laughs> to me in like a way that's really satisfying pretty early like, in middle school or high school i was like mom jeans cuffed with doc martens or like the high-rise converse to like set myself apart but this is it's very actually down to earth because converse have no soul whatsoever yeah they they hurt dude i'm gonna make an admission i still wear converse like i don't have that many shoes and like i wear them all the time (laughs) like not for like any statement but like they're really painful like i walk around in them everywhere and my feet are just hurting they're like the worst shoe ever i need like doctor i feel like the fact that 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 presumably was not happening to the vampire gfs is also indication of their like very delicate physiognomy because I feel like yeah. they would have never gotten blisters. I feel like instead of getting blisters, they would just have snapped their ankles because they're always like yeah. in, in grave duress, not getting blisters, but like in in danger of like life threatening forces. Yeah. I remember it being frequently described that Alice Cullen was always wearing ballet flats and had a gait like she was floating or flying or something, like dancing. Yeah, why around. did she walk like that? I don't know. They definitely might really went hard on her being like very core. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, Alice is like the more theatrical version of this style, you know, with the actual vest and the influences from whatever fucking time she got bitten and turned into a vampire, which I don't know if it was the same time as Edward. Yeah. Oh, did y'all see that thing where it's like Jasper was in the Confederate army? Yeah, like It's like not really addressed as to like why. Like Like, she could have easily just made him not. (laughs) 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 I think Alice changed him. Their whole dynamic is very guy who's gonna fight someone at a party and then his girlfriend who's really small being like I can talk to him <laughs> I know yeah like tugging yeah. on his arm be like oh please come yeah, here like, like babe this isn't you but then he like goes and mm-hmm. fights Bella or some shit I'm curious to see how people will interpret Alice's style though because it is definitely the most complicated of all of these characters in terms of layering She's like a, I remember girls like this, but they were always very unpopular 
um, like extremely unpopular girls that had like problems. Yeah. You know what I, I mean, Loki, like, I feel like I was aspiring to an Alice like style when I was a kid. There are just so many ugly outfits that I would wear because I was into fashion from an early age, but just in this way that was like so cringe for the time. Like I would always wear like these huge scarves wrapped around my body. <laughs> Like infinity Yeah, scarves. but no, they were just like huge like silk scarves that I would just tie in a bunch of different ways and I would wear a leather jacket and leggings and ballet flats with like a skirt over oh gosh, it. I'm obsessed with you being a kid that wore a leather jacket. Those kids are so special. Yeah, I, my parents were very into like letting me dress myself, but I thought I was doing an Alice type of thing, but it actually was very Disney layering, like so whacked out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, like, Disney Channel outfit yeah, thing. But I would never do it in, like, a neon way, so I thought that, like, because it was neutral, it was okay, but it definitely wasn't. Why was layering so popular during this time? I'm like, was it just something you made sure all of, like, the teen actors didn't look like sluts or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. This is Bush oh, era, true. you know? And, I mean, I guess it went into the Obama era, like, though, 2008. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but even then, like, you still felt like the residual... It was still a time where, like, you could not read Twilight because... It was seen as witchcraft. There was a cultural conservatism in America. Oh, speaking of, I was just going to say, in terms of layering, I feel like one of the core items, the style that everyone is rushing to get is the lace cami or some kind of camisole. And I think it's because um, in terms of layering, it adds this peekaboo moment of very innocent sexiness. If you're wearing it under a shirt, it has this like romantic kind of vibe to it that I feel like is described in the books. Um... But I feel like it's also very preteen because I think wearing camisoles under t-shirts and long sleeves was like the intermediary before you'd actually start wearing a bra. Like I very distinctly just remembering I had to, I really thought I had to wear a shirt under like every shirt. For some reason. You're, yeah, you're right. It is the intermediary to yeah, wearing yeah. like a training bra or something. Yeah. It gives the girly touch yeah. as well. But I feel like they're wearing so much um, masculine informed style sometimes. Like the, Bella's boxy cargo jacket. I don't know what the equivalent for Elena Gilbert is, but because she was a bit more thoughty. Yeah. But so the, the touch of lace really adds a lot of impact, I think. Um, I was reading earlier because, like, with the not like other girls thing, I was thinking about how women really like to, like, differentiate themselves as a form of competition. And I was reading this, like, Wikipedia page called, what was it? It was, like, Female Intersexual Competition. (laughs) And, like, apparently the more that you win female intersexual competition, the higher your testosterone levels increase. Which is, like, really funny and related to, like, the tomboy style of, like, these girls. I feel like we always talk about how men are homoerotic in their like sexual competition like they're just obsessed with the thoughts of other men but we don't really talk about the female side of that you end up you're trying to be so not like other girls you end up like a butch lesbian (laughs) you're like wait why don't guys like me Bella is definitely kind of butch in a way Elena Gilbert I was just looking at pictures of her and it's really funny because she has a kind of similar style like she's wearing this weird leather jacket and these Henley tees with little button-ups but she always has her hair kind of blown out very fabulously yeah she always had good makeup too yeah she's like versus Bella was always suspicious mascara I think Bella cracks me up I would like to talk more about yeah those little boyish touches like having a messenger bag or she's always wearing her dad's jacket and drives her dad's truck Zip-up hoodies, flannels, oversized sweaters, baseball shirts. I feel like Bella wears, like, a baseball cap at some point. It just made me kind of mad because I didn't really live with my dad. And I was like, whose clothes am I supposed to borrow (laughs) to make it seem like I uh, don't have feminine influence in my life? I'm, like, kind of different, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. There is some sort of iconic literary moment revival because 
the whole wearing tomboy clothes that you just described reminds me so much of the gone girl cool girl speech uh because i feel like she references like baseball games and that or something but basically it's just like a rejection of this entire trope kind of that's just what that reminds me of a lot mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like Bella's not like trying to be boyish. I feel like she's just bad at being a girl, but then she's also so awkward. She's really bad at sports and it's like always tripping and stuff. Like literally the first scene is her failing at volleyball. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Well, one thing I really liked that you pointed out, Alexi, the like utter unremarkability of these characters being like so obscene. Like Bella specifically is so, what is she really good at other than like English? So it's totally like a projection of stephanie myers's own ego i think just like <laughs> yeah, fantasy definitely. also is she even good at english i don't even know how this girl graduated for like half the year she was like not going to school yeah and she didn't even consider like applying to colleges or anything she just seems so love-struck that her individuality just gets wrapped up into this relationship and that's why she goes into that depressive spiral with edward's absence um which is not a great message for young women this was it encouraged girls to be like less interesting like in a very Bella-esque way you would try to make small talk with someone and be like oh it's like what are you into and then it's just like oh I don't know like um the Kristen Stewart mannerisms are also very like annoying to deal with in real life like this girl would not be like a Kristen Stewart was railed so hard for her performance in Twilight when it came out especially by adults but now I mm-hmm. I guess the people that are into this style are kind of drawn to her affectations in some way it's very internet mm-hmm. because people are more shy, mm-hmm. especially like after the, you know, like digital interactions. So like it really like filters a lot of social anxiety that you have to get used to just from experience. I think also like Twilight and just vampirism or this whole trend is like so perfect for TikTok because like I feel like TikTok is primarily the content on there is like the acting out of dreams and fantasies. All of these like things that happen on TikTok that trend are very much fantasy based and I feel like that's the essence of this unremarkable brunette protagonist. Yeah, I think being this type of person is really opting out of having to be active in social life in general because it's not even like this relationship comes into her she's like adopted into their family basically isn't it always just like a hoping that your beauty and like innate low-key charm will attract someone to you and you yeah you won't have to ever do anything to make yourself attractive to anyone in the yeah. world yeah but it's like not only was a romantic partner it's all of edward's like four siblings that each represent a different type of character instantly become her besties and then his like parents who were like really sweet and awesome take her in and she gets to just like opt out of the petty bullshit of high school which I guess everyone is just like waiting around for yeah it's not just like you being swept up in like your romantic and like friend life it's also just like your entire life is planned out for you now because now you're just like a vampire and you're probably going to be rich because you just have forever and there's no wasted time. Like it's there's like no, a fantasy you know? of destiny, which I think a lot of people feel very divorced from when you're young and right now. Yeah, like she doesn't have to apply for colleges or anything. It's kind of goals. And I think, yeah, yeah being that- a teenager right now, it seems really competitive in terms of like life planning just because mm-hmm. there's the path of becoming an influencer, which is you feel like if you're not actively trying to gain followers, you're 
missing out on this giant boom and everyone's trying to make a fake nonprofit for college apps and you know have a million extracurriculars and Bella literally has nothing going for her <laughs> it's like being unremarkable vampire GF oh yeah I get it yeah I, I feel like it definitely relates to the trad boom because I feel like during I mean I don't know even a couple of years ago it was less acceptable to be like, be like I don't want to have a job like I don't want to pursue anything besides being a homemaker or being in love with someone but now that's something that's what everyone wants to do yeah and it seems like Bella and Edward don't like even though they have this abundance of time on their hands after they become eternal or whatever they don't ever have to deal with boredom instead of being bored they just look into each other's eyes that's what yeah, really in love people do sometimes, though. It definitely has the vibe of... You remember that vine of that couple that's staring into each other's eyes in a Panera or something? And the guy's like, is this allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I think what people forget, I mean, like, this story as told from the inside is very romantic. Like, I get it. But if this actually happened at your high school, you'd be like, ew. Like, and if they got married right after graduation, like, it's a very hometown couple. There were so many like, weird yeah. white kids that were like this, though. And we all remember that because yeah, they would yeah, walk... Yeah sweater paw and sweater paw through the hallways and they were inseparable (laughs) and everyone hated them yeah the only difference is that like the guy was ugly most of the time (laughs) yeah well stephanie meyer got married when she was 21 it's so i think people shit on her a lot in her writing but like she was able to like communicate such an intricate fantasy and such an intricate aesthetic um that was like really well communicated in the films which actually Uh, you kind of see like adjacent to twilight like 13 and like lords of dogtown these are all just movies directed by Catherine hardwick that's like that filter that she uses is like the same in all of the movies and she also did a really good job of like communicating the main character energy of stephanie myers she is one stephanie myers is definitely an outsider artist and i don't think anyone appreciated that when she was first becoming a popular and rich from this because they were so critical of her writing style but she's literally a naive artist like she could barely use a laptop because mm-hmm. she was mormon that's not true i don't know that but that seems true um <laughs> i'm sorry imagine being her husband and being like babe what are you working on but like, it, you know what's interesting though because it, i consider that cheating like, it's what? something that she was obviously able to do because i'm assuming she was a kept wife in a way like she didn't have a job and so she was able to have this lush inner world that then her main character also was like not good at anything didn't have any hobbies or career interests but still like uh attracted the attention of a man in a powerful way oh wait i want to read this quote speaking of uh stephanie meyer's writing this is from the twilight subreddit a user said i will never forgive stephanie meyer for writing edward saying Quote, you're utterly indecent. No one should look so tempting. It's not fair. About Bella wearing a long khaki skirt and a dark blue blouse. That's so funny. It's <laughs> so Mormon. Dude. <laughs> it's because it's not about her body. It's about her blood, the essence of her yeah. being or whatever. So it's like his attraction to her is weird because like, you know, I guess he says that she's pretty like. The whole thing is that he wants to eat her, which is like such a twisted sexual metaphor for their mutually assured destruction upon having sex. <laughs> like, but I also think in going back to the Catherine Hardwick, like the visual aesthetic of the Twilight movies and that cinematography or like color grading or whatever, I think it's very interesting that we are having this cool toned moment in the midst of summer, and I think it is a rejection of the pressure to 
post like you're having an awesome summer and going outside and like visco filter like orange skin white hair like summer fun aesthetic because that's a thing like in forks isn't it like the same weather all the time which i feel yeah, like makes like... their understanding of time very twisted yes. um yeah. and i think everyone has this vampire thing because like edward hates going outside and like they don't do things outside because they'll get um like spotted <laughs> no no they sparkle it's not that remember. they got summer yeah it's like people will notice that they're sparkling and it's like now mm-hmm. it's like if you go outside people will notice that you are a fucking catfish <laughs> like <laughs> they'll take unflattering <laughs> pictures of you <laughs> that's yeah. so true yeah. yeah so i'm basically edward in a way yeah it's a lot easier to easier to recreate this aesthetic in your bedroom than it is to recreate hot girl summer aesthetics in your bedroom yeah yeah um another thing i kind of wanted to bring up which is like you know classically the original big vampire novel dracula was like a metaphor science not being the 100 percent most accurate lens to look at nature through like there's a lot more like esoteric spiritual elements in human understanding of nature that science is not totally like able to like pick up on and I think that's kind of funny like post-pandemic like a vampire themed trend coming up because I feel like people have like science exhaustion just because people are just tired of hearing the pandemic people are just tired of thinking about it warming like the whole belief science movement you can't meme things like you can meme things into popularity but you will eventually meme them to death like no matter how good your intentions are you gotta be careful with like beating the nail over the head too hard in terms of communicating ideas are we talking about global warming are we talking about twilight with memes oh i was talking about like global warning and warming and the pandemic science thing like oh yeah i agree and the turn to like supernatural interest yeah yeah. yeah, I guess it's been brewing for a while with, like, witchy stuff, but everyone is so tired of that. And I think that in on the, the larger scale, kind of, like, romanticism and gothic stuff is unexplored by, like, the public in a way that... Or it's not, it's not a part of uh, popular culture the way that witch stuff has always been. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the differences between, like, Harry Potter fan culture and twilight fan culture is that harry potter the individual characters don't really matter as much as the universe i mean harry potter does have like a love story i guess in it but it's so extended and so kind of not that relevant to like the main plot of global disaster or whatever happens in that but i feel like in twilight no one really like goes hard for or that mystical universe or like secret society of vampires or whatever because it's so like well hidden in society and they don't really have like a the same kind of like lexicon that harry potter magic does but like they literally have powers in twilight i feel like that doesn't really get talked about enough like i kind of forgot that edward can read minds like that element of it is very corny except for bella's which is like so (sighs) literally not like it's because she's literally no thoughts head empty like there's just no thoughts (laughs) straight up Yeah. Also, the fact that Probably, they also yeah. play Bella in mittens all the time, which I'm a mitten fan. I think people look cute when they wear mittens. I feel like that also made her seem really impaired. Someone just walking around with mittens all the time while they're wearing like a light jacket. Yeah. I guess the reason I hated her is because she'd never seemed that like happy when she was in love. Like even yeah. when they were like actually together, there wasn't. It wasn't very triumphant. It was just like, well, this is destiny. So like, I'm not celebrating. It's just like we're together now. Yeah, well, I think everyone is, like, really sad now and getting everyone, if you're a sad teenager, they're, like, so, they want to diagnose you so bad. They want to send you off to Zoom therapy so bad. Like, Zoom therapy six times a day. 
Versus Bella was like a sad teenager and very melancholic, but it was like a productive kind of sadness because it landed her in like the hand the hands of like a uber hottie who wanted to take care of her the rest of her life and etc cetera, etc cetera. versus now if you're a sad teen literally you're just going to get diagnosed with like like schizoaffective disorders and BPD. <laughs> yeah and it's just not romantic in the same way yeah that's why you need to find someone to e-date to like project all your fantasies onto yeah, yeah i guess bella and edward were kind of e-dating each other it kind of feels like that yeah, they're e-dating in real life. Do you remember how you'd watch her sleep? <gasps> yeah. That was so that? sus. That was weird. Oh my god. He would literally like hover in the corner of her room just like watching her I sleep s- all night. She exaggerated Stephanie Meyer like- exaggerated so many actual like tropes of undying love. And this Yeah. It's just there are so many things when you grow up you that are like very laughable, but I look back on it in like a loving way. Yeah, that was a very passionate time in everyone's life, I feel like, in the positive and negative sense. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about how this relates to this state of relationships, because Bella and Edward are really cringy, and I'm like, maybe we need more cringe in relationships. People are too self-aware. Cringe is what we're missing, because, I mean, with hookup culture... All of your cringe moments to look back on just have to do with, I don't know, sex also, day. Also, like- all of your cringe moments get turned into content. Mm-hmm. Like, you tweet about something that... Or you would just see it as, like, a red flag and be like, it's over because you have so many choices. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, like, tolerance for cringe. I think getting embarrassed is really good for your ego. No, I think that's really true. Embarrassment is, like, it's a very important emotion. Yeah, I think we just have a low tolerance for embarrassment or discomfort or cringe in other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you... Do something cringe in front of someone, you can like easily just ghost them, like never see them again. But you can't ghost someone if they're obsessed with you. Yeah, and yeah, if they're watching you sleep. They're watching you sleep. True. He can break into your room. He can read everybody's mind and know everything about your life. Like this guy's like an all powerful. Modern society is just like everything mm-hmm. is mitigating like social awkwardness. What else is on here? All these notes are so good. I really liked your note about hair biz. I thought that was really great. Oh, okay. All of these girls yeah. have like long hair, but it's very incidental. Like just they forgot to cut it and it's like all one length and it's never styled. I guess that's mostly just Bella. Elena Gilbert actually is like a baddie. But... She's totally a baddie. It's It could go on a spectrum mm-hmm. from Bella to Elena Gilbert to like Megan Fox. Yes. A lot of the Elena Gilbert outfits are like tank top, yeah. low-rise jeans. Yeah. When I was considering the Elena Gilbert camisole effect, I was thinking about how it reminds me in a way of the cult following around the baby gap hoodie with hearts on it that uh, Megan Fox wore in the movie Jennifer's Body. Because there's like a cult following around that. Like, obviously it's not the same because there's no singular camisole that Elena Gilbert wore that was like super iconic. But there definitely is a spectrum. But the hair point is like... Yes, this is anti anti shag, anti mullet, all the way in my opinion. Yeah, no layering. It makes me feel happy, but also I love like K-pop bangs. So of my life, I wish my hair was all one length. It's just their incidental femininity. They're not trying. They're not wearing makeup, but there's something about them that's so timeless and beautiful. They're historically beautiful. Yeah, Alice definitely has like a low key mullet vibe to her, though. Mm-hmm. That's because that's she's like, like fashiony. It's interesting to see how that's gonna play out because she has really wispy hair 
there's a collision of like anime fans and like Alice Cullen hair because it's that kind of hair that defies gravity and like has a very two-dimensional effect like it's supposed to just be this way when you turn your head it's not supposed to do anything um, doesn't light from death note have Alice Cullen hair oh yeah Um, I feel like people with mullets should flip out their layers like Alice Cullen did in order to transition out of their mullet thing and instead of just like getting a pixie cut flip your little do like a little you know like manic pixie like flip hair thing like just do it i think it's like people with mullets don't like actually styling their hair though the cut itself is supposed to be a style which is like i literally style my hair every day so i just like i'm mad about i'm trying to think if there's another iconic manic pixie dream girl that has the same hair style and i want to say it's like it's not amelie but there is it amelie that has like the flip yeah yes yeah that is definitely manic pixie dream girl hair um yeah i think it's good that you brought up the Gap hoodie biz because we were talking about this right before we started recording, but the fact that this style is really awesome because none of it is associated with any real designer and it's also inexpensive. The actual wardrobe stylists for these shows were just going to like Old Navy and like... H&M Express. H&M, yeah. American Eagle probably. <laughs> well, that was one thing I was going to mention is what I think that what's interesting about this is that it's kind of akin to cosplay because it is just dressing up like a character, but it's like cosplay for like people who just want to look normal. They just want to feel mm-hmm. like the character. And it's very different from other TikTok trends, which are literally just like a vibe. But this is like a real person or a fake person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very utilitarian style, which is good for the hose, I think. Do we think it's okay to wear Converse with your prom dress? Yes. That was the thing that Bella did where I was like, I don't know if I can like, Banks did that. forgive you. I just, I think, okay, personally, I don't remember Bella's prom dress because I had- Her leg was in a cast because like she got her ass beat in that ballet studio. Okay, well, that is even more like Manny mm-hmm. Pixie Dream Girl than the Converse. Yeah, they, they're like dancing, well, right? Didn't Olivia Rodrigo recently wear Converse at her prom event? Her sour yeah, prom. Right. But that's not the way you have to do it. Like I, she wore super on trend outfit with her Converse, and I think that if you're doing the Converse thing, you have to be a little bit musty and dusty purple. Oh my god! Wait, Bella's literally wearing like, capri leggings <laughs> under her prom dress with one low rise Converse and one foot in a boot. <laughs> this girl. <laughs> Please look it up. And she's no. only wearing like a really busted shrug. Oh, I can't. Oh, a shrug. Oh, okay. Oh my why do I? Um, it literally has a cami effect, uh, like on her stomach. I was, I was gonna say. Going I was on? gonna say though. Actually, this is an, this is another really big trend during this time, which was ruffles and cardigans, which is also really, I think, good for teenagers that are coming into their bodies because they're it, they're very forgiving items. Yeah. Um, but we have a theory. I, I don't know if it's a theory, but it's an idea that. Twilight is partially popular right now because it's an autofiction. Oh, yeah. Kind of, right? With something like Twilight, it is, if you're using a really loose definition of autofiction, you could definitely say that it, it is because it's Stephanie Myers' like life, but she's like idealized it to like the extreme with this fantasy. This this is the thing about like the unremarkable brunette who Stephanie Myers believes herself to be is like you have mm-hmm. to like manufacture your own exceptionalism because you are just unremarkable and you're kind of the same. This is kind of the case of most people. I'm pretty convinced you can mythologize yourself into exceptionalism. And this is like a lot of what successful people do. Um, And that's why meeting people off the internet can often be really disappointing. Yeah. 
sometimes. Yeah, definitely. It's also just a totally different language that you're using. Like, if you try to talk to someone from online in real life, it's like, how do you even you, – you, you're just like – it's like a brutal self-awareness that people have, um, especially like women. They're more prone to exceptionalism than collectivism because of their like need to like d- differentiate themselves. I love how the love triangle is a staple of both of these two. I guess we haven't really talked oh, about yeah. that, but which definitely, definitely ties into the exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am the object of desire. Also, the two other people in it are always like swaggy, or and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then the girl. I think in the Vampire Diaries, aren't they brothers? They're brothers, and they're like kind of swaggy. Oh, well, does she fuck both of them? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh my god, she does. Oh my yeah. <laughs> She does. She belongs to the street. Yeah. <laughs> God bless her. Oh, and then speaking of um, belonging to the streets, not really, but something we want to talk about is uh, long torsos. The long torso and artwork is really great. There's one of my favorite paintings, Odalisque by Ong. Ong. <laughs> um, which is like a prostitute from the back, and she's got a crazy long ass that just melts into her back and mm-hmm. it's very flattering and pretty yeah and that also was something that mcqueen played with a lot with his iconic bumpsters mm-hmm. is the eroticism of the lower spine i mean honestly yeah all these clothes just make make uh the wearers look like odalisque yeah. yeah and i think it's just really i think yeah. the way that um younger gen z understands separate is like a crop top and mom jeans like it's so revolutionized by the style just because it's like so melting into each other and like it's probably the first time in their lives that these two have connected. Yeah, like top and bottom, like truly connected. Like pulling... yeah, not in a way where you're like tucking in a t-shirt. No, like you're pull- you're like ripping down your shirt over your waist waistline with yeah. this type yeah, of outfit. With actually another cami that's covering um, the like belt pocket. <laughs> yeah, I actually remember the struggle of being like, oh god, like I had to pull this down mm-hmm. a lot sometimes because mm-hmm. there's elastic and sometimes it would come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone can tuck their midriffs away and be happy and, you know, eat some food without having to, like, rearrange your fat with, like, every yes. movement. <laughs> yeah. That's a net positive. We you know, always talked about, like, the long torso making women seem like aliens and, like, very, like, threatening. High-waisted jeans, they just give you longer legs. Like, it just elongates mm-hmm. your legs. Short torsos give you, like, a very, I think, like, a cutesy button e-girl thing. Um, long torsos is more like classical. Yeah, yeah. The short torso, long legs is it definitely really high fashion thing. That's like what fashion illustrations look like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's has to do with it. I think this is the only truly body positive trend yeah. to emerge of the past like decade. But truly. also, as a kid, I remember like my friend's mom's talking about like muffin tops, and I didn't really get it. So I think maybe our generation <gasps> yeah. is about to experience that for the first time. I don't know. When you're wearing like high waisted pants, it doesn't really like affect your life yeah that's actually really funny but i don't know why people are saying that this trend is like not body positive i think it's just because a lot of the girls who are like jumping on it first are kind of still flexing their waist hip ratio and it's from a time when like women having a flat stomach was a big thing having abs was a big thing but i think it genuinely looks great on everyone yeah very body neutral but that's one thing i've been thinking about a lot is like i know girls that work out i know girls with flat stomachs what the fuck happened to abs i haven't seen them in like years like is there something in the water that's like making us not have abs anymore like i i think they became redundant in hotness honestly as long as you have a small enough waist i kind of feel like they became not as interesting even like the fitness influencer girls who have huge asses people are more worried about the v-line 
I don't yeah. know about like cut into your stomach. A lot of women that were the beauty standard in the 2000s though had washboard mm-hmm. abs and like not that great of a waist hip ratio. They had like they were pretty straight up and down the sides. It was like salamander you say yeah i like i i love salamander women bodies wait um, is that like a type a name no yeah, i made type? it up but like it's true <laughs> oh. you know what i'm talking that's like, about that's like randall from monsters Inc. Exactly. Oh my God. i actually have like gender envy for him <laughs> wait he was definitely bisexual yeah, yeah. i feel yeah um i think i of him a lot yeah, he was non-binary he, energy. He definitely he has, has like, this... very sinister, non-conforming energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has like the same body type as like Gwyneth Paltrow. He does. Uh, kind so of. Because was- was- uh, is she a salamander? She's a salamander, yeah, right? She's definitely so. a salamander. Yeah. No, it's like short legs, long torso. Um, oh. Okay. I, I mean, okay, I made yeah. it up, so I get to define it. So. Mm-hmm. What else are we done? I think we're done. I can't well, I guess on the long torso thing is like that was also a beauty standard during the Regency era, mm-hmm. which is when women were wearing loose flowing neoclassical garments. Like also the peak of gothic novels. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God, I want to see a reinterpretation of the long corsets. I feel like corsets now are just like really bad crop tops. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, <sighs> I think that I want the corniest things to come back. Like I want like Casper, David Friedrich come back and i also want edgar Allan poe to come back mm-hmm. and i remember a s- very distinct pressure to like read edgar Allan poe to reinforce my not like other girls vibe. Yeah. same with like wuthering heights that was also like kind of an emo staple of that. i think it's also funny that pride and prejudice the movie was trending kind of around a similar time because that movie is known for like people were really mad about it because it was like the brontification of jane austen because it was like, extremely wuthering heights gothic romance very dark and moody I think it's just we're seeing a revival of this overall gothic mood. I'm happy. I'm down for it. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy because it's not like in such a corny like e-girl way, which that feels very, not ahistorical, but like the only reference with e-girls is a bastardization of Harajuku style mixed with mm-hmm. 2000s pop punk, neither of which were interpreted very elegantly. But I like this historicism that we're seeing. And I think maybe the young people of today will like start actually being more interested in fashion history. <laughs> or media consumption in a way that actually forces them to look back on the past. Yeah. Yeah. One of the waves of gothic novels originally, a lot of them were metaphors for the loss of history in Europe. So that's also... Yeah, those hosts are obsessed with history. Like, speaking of Friedrich, like, one of his second most famous painting is a gothic, I think a crumbling gothic cathedral or something, or arch in the background of it. They were obsessed. Yeah, this is a good memento mori for the young people of today to like not be so obsessed with their youth and to not be so obsessed with like this distinction between being alt and being normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, think about the eternal for once in your life. Yeah. Amen, dude. Fuck yeah. So we do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I like how the siren is like blaring. It's <laughs> some kind of reminder of <laughs> the impending doom that we all face. So. Wow, yeah. Oh, well, I guess on that note, we were thinking of... if. You guys wanted us to incorporate more fashion history into the podcast because that is fun. And I feel like I learn a lot as I'm doing it as well. So let us know if you're interested in that or not. Uh, Let us know if you like Twilight and if you like long torsos. Let us know if you're Team Edward or Team Jacob. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to be incorporating this swag into your back to school outfits. (laughs) 
You really should. I yeah, know that. Really I know that these kids will. Like, it has to. It's yeah. perfect for fall. I want everyone to have one of those like rustic inspired key necklaces. Me too. Oh my god, I have a friend who has like a skeleton key. Yeah, a skeleton key. Neck. Not me calling a skeleton key a rustic inspired <laughs> key. <laughs> <laughs> so annoyed when people ask like where like what it unlocked <laughs> oh i like, i'm sorry yeah. it's like a conversation no starter. i used to carry around a key i found on the floor or on my neck in high school and people would ask me what it unlocked and I'd be like, I don't know. like it was like a real key yeah, i think i had a locket that didn't have anything in it this is like <laughs> so dark it's like us like trying so hard to have sentimental accessories Wait, guys i know I, I made a really sentimental accessory one time that was an actual flop so this was for someone that I was like, seriously dating, so this isn't that weird, but I was like, I'm going to make a hair locket for them. And so I like was, I was like trying to cut a piece of my hair off, but it just kept like floating away. Like I couldn't <laughs> like tether it to put it in the locket. And so eventually we were just like, okay, like, um, never mind. It was just the idea of your hair in the locket that was in there. I think you have to like glue your hair to put it in or something because yeah. you have to you, probably you, cover it in resin I, in a resin pyramid. No, have y'all seen those people that like they collect their individual hairs that they find and they tape them to their wall? <laughs> yes, yeah. And wait, like in mutuals with that girl on TikTok. <laughs> wait, and really? Yeah. What? Wait, we need to have her on the podcast. <laughs> she's been making a weft for over a year. I know, and she has like I she's like silver blonde hair. Yeah, it's yeah. So well, that's what I love it when she curls it and like. Yeah, I love. I love yeah, she, I saw her last night. She's putting hair oil onto her hair. I was like, this is great. Like, I'm glad that this is happening. Um, it only shows up on my free page by chance, like every couple of months. I'm just like so happy when I see it. Yeah. Well, I think we're like rambling. At this yeah. point. <laughs> I just like don't want to stop okay, talking. Okay, I know, right, guys. <laughs> thanks for listening. Hopefully our, our hiatus did not make any of your blood pressure go up or down. Yeah, and we have hella ideas for the future, so don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Should we tease our next episode? <gasps> yeah, next episode is going to be kind of a another throwback investigation of a historically significant brand of the Tumblr era. And that's all we're going to tell you. Yeah, all I have to say is touch my butt and buy me pizza. <laughs> yeah, all I have that's to say we'll is... With. This is the only shirt I had in my room that didn't have cum on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, bye. Bye. <laughs>